some more things to wipe my brow. <laughs> so don't glisten too much. Praise the Lord. So we didn't get much of a chance uh, last week to really uh, talk about the new logo. Everybody like it? <laughs> Sister Abby Lee, while she was here, if you remember at the beginning of the year, uh, she worked really hard to kind of come up with a uh, new logo, color schemes, so you'll start seeing different things with those colors all around them uh, as we go uh, throughout the rest of the year. I recognize that there's one or two things, I guess. There's this an altar call uh, that are between uh, Brother Jonah and Sister Brooklyn getting gifts and getting to see all of your wonderful faces and a lot of you getting to eat cake. Unfortunately for you, I can't have cake, so I don't really care. I'm not in that much of a rush. So, uh, sorry. Um, so buckle in, uh, it's going to be a good evening. No, uh, we'll go through uh, the normal slides because this is, this is going to be pertinent. Now I want us, I know we've gotten kind of into a routine of saying, what are we? And that's good, and that's what we're doing. But it's, it's kind of like when we get into a ritual and we kind of lose the meaning behind the ritual, um, that we can just be uh, reiterating words, we can just be going through a ceremony. Uh, so as we're going through this, uh, I want us to really look at these slides for a moment, uh, and then we're gonna, we're gonna talk about forming a cycle. And uh, it is a full cycle apostolic. So we're growing, you can see all those bullet points. We're apostolic, and we have a legacy. Whether that we have a church legacy, we have family legacies, we have individual legacies, uh, and we'll we'll talk through that. So, formation of a cycle. Uh, if you've been here over the past couple weeks on Wednesday nights, we've been uh, going through the first few stages of what it really means to be a full cycle apostolic and the stages that you move through and it's a cycle so you're constantly going to be going in and out of each one of these things hopefully uh, if you're working uh, appropriately and those are uh, learn to trust the font may be a little bit small on the image learn to trust discover to honor mature to serve and impact by investing so the past two wednesday nights we talked about learning to trust and discover to honor. If you weren't here, it's all right. I'm going to do a recap of what those are. So Sister Sheena spoke uh, a couple weeks ago uh, on uh, trust and really what learning to trust is about. There are some key components of it. It's active. That means that it's a specific choice to trust. You have to choose to trust. And she used some verses about leaning not on our own understanding, but trusting the Lord. There in Proverbs, uh, it's also based on a relationship. You don't, it's difficult to trust yourself what typically happens when we trust ourselves? I know when I trust myself uh, to uh, not eat candy, it's probably not in my best interest to be around it because I'm going to succumb to that because I'm not able to stand up to that. I can believe and have faith that I can overcome that. Uh, and we'll talk about the difference between faith and trust. Also, it takes two, at least two. Uh, tr trust is not achievable on your own. So, faith versus trust. They're the same, aren't they? I think sometimes we use them interchangeably. 
Uh, like, I have faith in the Lord, and that's just an all-encompassing statement around, oh, the Lord's going to see me through. Uh, and uh, it's not uh, quite the case. Uh, we can have faith in God, but we can not have, we, and we can have faith without trust, but we can't trust without faith. Because if I'm going to trust somebody, I've got to believe, A, that that person exists, and I've got to believe that they're a rewarder, and so they're going to stick with what that trust fundamental that was stood up. So, James 2.20 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. Trust we already talked about it's a choice. That means it's a work. It's an action. Whereas faith is a belief. So here in James, we see uh, that that is, that lines up with what the Bible has to say. James 2.18 says, Yea, man say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith with thy works. Okay, you can show your faith without any works, because I can say, I believe that this is what's going to happen. I think this is what's going to happen. But I'm going to show you my faith by my works. This is why a John 3.16 salvation doesn't quite cut it. That's why we follow in Acts 2.38. Because there's an action. I can believe that God can save me. But do I trust that when I repent and when I'm baptized in his name that I'll be filled with the Holy Ghost and I'll receive salvation? See, there's a difference there. So, as we're moving through the contrast between faith and trust, faith expects, trust accepts. Romans 5, 8 says, God commanded his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, while we were sinning, we still have trust. He's already done the action. He's done the work that's there. Faith produces an environment for change, but trust submits to unchanged conditions. Luke twenty-two forty-two says, saying, Father, if thou will be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Let me tell you something. Jesus had faith that the cup could have been removed. Okay, Jesus had faith the cup could have been removed. But his circumstances didn't change. Still had to go through it all. But what did he say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. He, he was created an environment in which his faith could be realized, but at the end of the day, he trusted in the Lord, and he saw it through. And time and time again, you know, I, I, we've, I've gone through several situations. I'm sure everybody in here can attest to you're praying, you believe, oh, God, I, uh, I know that lottery ticket is over a billion dollars. I have faith that I know we're not supposed to do this. But I have faith that if I just walk into wherever you buy, I don't even know where you buy one, you walk into there, you're going to give me and speak the numbers into my mind, and I'm going to write them down, and I'm going to be able to just give hundreds of millions of dollars in ties. Oh, I have so much faith in that, and... Uh, I don't know that God's really going to show forth and he's going to say, yeah, uh, let, let's lean on that uh, trust and understanding because my understanding is that I'm going to do all these great things for the kingdom and I'm going to be able to help accomplish all of these things and uh, I got to do this. Did you just hear the three sentences that I said? I, I, I. Not him. 
and leaning on his understanding. Faith reaches, trust retains. Psalms 12, 6 through 7 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, and purified seven times. Thou shalt run and not be weary. Or no, I'm skipping over verses. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them for this generation forever. I believe that my grandkids are going to be saved. I don't have grandchildren. I can believe that they're going to be saved. But if I trust in the Lord, I know he said that the stuff I'm doing today can set them up for success in the future. They're still going to make choices, but I'm creating an environment, and I believe that the Lord is going to honor what I'm doing today. There are plenty of people in here whose children, spouses, grandchildren, parents have gone astray, and we're still holding on, and we're believing that the Lord's going to bring them back. If you just take a moment and think about somebody who used to sit next to you in church, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I believe the Lord's going to start bringing those people back. Uh, I've got trust that the Lord wants to see his people saved. And he wants them to come, come back into the flock. Faith rushes, trust waits. Isaiah tells us, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faith. Faith is believing... But trust is knowing. Uh, Daniel 11.32 says, And now, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall the corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Essentially what that's saying is people who believe can easily be turned off the path just with kind words, with things that sound pleasant, uh, with things that, you know, maybe there's a hint or a glimmer of truth in them, uh, but maybe it's an easier path, uh, a path of less resistance. But those people that know God are able to stand and weather through those situations and say, no, I'm not giving up what I have. I'm holding on to it. I've got trust that what I believe and the actions that I'm taking are going to produce something in the future. We've got several examples uh, of those who kept trust when faith didn't deliver them. Daniel had faith that the Lord could deliver him from the lion's den. James and Peter had faith that the Lord could deliver them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had faith that the Lord could deliver them. We've got to get to a point where we're not just living out faith, and we don't just have faith, but we have faith in action. That's building trust between us and God. And then that trust is what is going to eventually allow us to build trust horizontally between each of us and between those that are outside. This first stage in the cycle is all about learning to trust. And, and that is a, uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. Um, I know, uh, has anybody ever had to do the trust fall? How many of you trust your coworkers to actually catch you? I know I wouldn't because mine are... Uh, they would think it's absolutely hilarious uh, for me to just fall flat on my back. Um, Sister Leslie would be one of those people to just, to just drop me. So, uh, I don't have a lot of faith. that I don't have any faith that they're, go they're going to do that. So, we've got to get to the point, though, and, and we'll talk uh, a little bit as we're, we, we move into the, the third stage that we haven't got to, but maturing and serving, and, and that's really uh, where we start looking at how we can 
uh, connect with one another, and we can start building that trust with us. So, Pastor talked last Wednesday, and we, he talked about discovering to honor. Uh, so after we learn to trust in God, we then have to say, you know what, I've got to figure out what I can do uh, to honor God uh, in my daily life with the resources that I have. And uh, it, it is uh, important. These are things that we should strive towards. It doesn't mean that we're, we're never going to perfect any of these. Uh, Philippians 3:14 says, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's a long list of things. Uh, typically, when somebody uses the term resources, how many of you immediately thought money? Absolutely nobody. <laughs> you know, typically when I, I hear resources, it's uh, you, you know, in a game, you're collecting gold or some other type of uh, material, and those are your resources that you can do stuff with. And I think a lot of times we forget that we've got time. And because there's so little of it, we start compartmentalizing what there is, what's justified, what's not. But as we're, we push into, and again, the goal of this is to become a full cycle apostolic. So we're, we're not just, can I be a Christian? You want to be a Christian? There are a lot of loose terms out there for being a Christian. Amen. Uh, and it is, uh, you know, some people, that's the only understanding that they've been privy to. And so uh, we have to be an example and a shining light of what more there is. It, it, it is pretty, I, I've been blessed that I've grown up in this my entire life. I didn't know anything else outside of a Pentecostal apostolic experience. I can remember when church started at 7.30 or something and we were here till 10 o'clock at night. Praise God, we're not here that late anymore. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, but it, it is something uh, that we uh, have to think about when we're, we're looking at our time. Uh, we, are we spending time in the Word? Are we spending time in prayer? Are we spending time in fellowship? Are we giving and making sure that we have church attendance? Last Sunday, we had one of those special Sundays in which a certain group of individuals tend to show up. Uh, we've talked about them the past couple of weeks. Hopefully, we've created enough of a negative stigmatism around that that acronym that you won't want to be a part of that group and you'll make sure that you're here on more than just cr Christmas and Easter. But uh, what did the apostles do? You know, apostolic, apostle. We'll talk about some similarities between that word here in a little bit, but what did they do? In Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the doctrine and fellowship, and breaking of bread, and prayers. They continued steadfastly. That means it was a routine. That means they always did it. And when we are starting to push into, and we're trying to figure out how we discover, it is important that we are putting aside the time to do those things. Uh, money is one that's up there. Uh, tithings, missions, building fund, talent, my skills, my giftings. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Most of us have gone to school, we've had jobs, or we've been out in the world, we've developed skills, or we have natural gifts and talents. Why wouldn't we use them for the kingdom? I play the keyboard. I learned how to play the piano. I didn't have any intention of playing at church. That wasn't my goal. Uh, and yet, here we are 
playing, and I've been playing for 15, 16 years in church now. So it is, uh, I could have said, I'm not going to use a talent or skill or gifting that the Lord's given me to, uh, I'm going to hide that under a bushel, and I'm not going to use that because, you know, I have to use that, um, you know, if you were a marketing director and you have that skill and you're not telling me that you're a marketing director and how we could do things better, you're not discovering the honor because you could honor the Lord by giving that talent or skill set to him. We have wonderful people who love to cook and that are out there and they are, uh, they will work and work and work in that kitchen because they want to serve and they love to just cook and make things. Uh, we've got to remember our thoughts, keeping positive thoughts by stuffing out the negativity with the word. We've got healthy attitudes. How many of you have had a poor attitude before? We should have healthy attitudes. And healthy attitudes here are really about being humble and being teachable. Because you can have a bad day, you can have a bad situation, but if your attitude's right and you're willing and you're open to uh, having somebody edify you, then that is a strong way that you can honor the Lord by not discouraging somebody else and biting their head off when they try to help you. Those husbands, this was your chance to say, I'm just trying to edify you and keep, keep my spouse in a good, positive attitude. I just gave you an out. You're welcome. No charge for that. Our speech. Uh, we've got to watch and make sure that our speech is edifying, that we're not gossiping, lying. Our choices. What am I choosing to seek? I am uh, as guilty as the next person of spending a lot of time on this thing. Way too much uh, time than I need to, even though I have the little app now that Apple has that tells you, hey, you've spent a lot of time on your phone, you should probably stop. I just dismiss that and just keep on going. Um, Apple's not going to tell me what to do. But our emotions, we've got to allow the Holy Ghost to govern our emotions and yield myself to what he's telling me. I know, uh, talk about it many times, hangry. The Holy Ghost doesn't even like to be around somebody who's hangry. But we got to let the Holy Ghost help us find some food so that we can get a better attitude. No, we've got to be able to still say, Lord, I know that I'm hungry, I'm angry, I'm lonely, I'm tired, halt, and I need you to help me until I can get through and allow the Lord to, to move you through that. So we've got to have healthy emotions. We've got to have healthy relationships. Uh, we have to respect everybody, especially one another in here. I remember uh, several years ago, we went to Guam and we spoke, and uh, I found a statistic. I was looking up, uh, you know, how many people in the world truly believe the apostolic doctrine and have a Pentecostal experience. Okay. In the world, and the, the number was something like one ten thousandth of a percent of the world's population believes what we believe. One ten thousandth of a percent. Don't fact check me on that. It was some ridiculous number that was super low. Okay, I say that to say... If Shane, Brother Shane has offended me, I can ask him, I can say, hey, do that, get over it. Because there's only one ten thousandth of a percent of people that we line up with. 
that I can find relationships with. And so it is difficult. We, we do not want to undermine the truth that we have here, the wonderful experience that we have here, by letting uh, our relationships and letting circumstances that happen in between us get in between that. We've got to remember at the end of the day, we're all working and we're pressing and we're striving towards that one prize, that goal at the end, that we're all saved and that we're all there together. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, when that time comes, I'm up there and I see all your faces. And not that, oh, I didn't get to go because uh, I was offended and shut out my brother or sister in Christ and I wasn't going to allow them uh, to get close to me, to uh, say, hey, the Lord's forgiven me for all that I've done. Amen. And I'm nowhere near a perfect person. Who, if I have to judge someone against myself, y'all probably end up better. So it, it, it's not, you've got to get past that and we've got to get through that. And we can honor the Lord by saying, you know what, I understand this situation, but there's a bigger picture here that we're working towards. I'm working towards becoming a full cycle apostolic. I'm working towards... Get it moving out of just learning to trust and discovering to honor, and I'm, I'm wanting to move into the next stages. Uh, we can honor him with our works and our deeds, with our representation. Am I an ambassador for Christ? How can people tell? Do I reflect a godly image? Do I represent my church, my church family, or my pastor? Have you ever thought about uh, when you're interacting with somebody out in the community? And you act a certain way, or you know maybe your order is incorrect at a restaurant. Uh, it's a, it's a hard thing to do, but am I representing Christ, my church family, my pastor? What if they were sitting right there? Would they want to be like, ah, yeah, they go to my church? Or would you want somebody to know? Oh, God, I hope. Nobody knows that they go to Christian Apostolic Church. Uh, A lot of times we put that, and we've got someone that sticketh closer than a brother that's always there. Whether we're out in a public place or whether we're in secret. So uh, we've got to make sure that we, we bring that together. Uh, Matthew uh, 6, 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. He's there, but we have to seek, we have to ask, we have to discover. And then we know that he's capable of doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Uh, Matthew 7, 7 says, uh, you know, seek and you'll find. Uh, The Bible has the answers. You just have to take the time to seek and discover what they are. Uh, We've talked about uh, in some of the lessons around resources that we have, whether it's exploring God's Word. We spent the whole first quarter of the year going through exploring God's Word in the sanctuary. Uh, That's just a Bible study series. We've got uh, tracks, something as simple as a little trifold that uh, you can find answers to. Uh, And you have to have some type of personal responsibility to discover him daily. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, I die daily. Paul said that. I, I say almost every time I'm up here, if I had to strive to be like somebody in the Bible outside of Jesus, because I know I can't, I can't quite, I get real close. I get real close. Uh, but then I get a bad attitude. And so... 
Uh, I, I can't really, you, you know, if I was going to say, hey, who, who would be someone I would look up to uh, in the Bible? Paul would be that guy. And yet here he is saying, I die daily. I'm, I am uh, the author of 50% of the New Testament. A lot of the doctrine, a lot of this apostolic doctrine that we have today comes from the writings of Paul. And he's saying, I die daily. And so it is important that we figure out a way to discover, a way to honor him in our daily life. Proverbs 13, 11 says, Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. We've got to be in it for the long haul and continually renewing the cycle. You've got to have skin in the game. That's what that verse says. If you just get something, you know, I, I, I will get, uh, when you're little, ha, have you ever given something to a little child, you've just given it to them? Uh, unfortunately, with Tegan, it doesn't matter if she earns it or gives it, she's going to destroy it because she's, uh, she can't help it. Um, she just has to destroy things. But, uh, typically, we have uh, kind of a way that we operate that, hey, if something was given to us, you know, I got new shoes on, and I'm walking along, and I scuff it. Oh, man, scuff my shoe. Oh, well, I didn't buy them, so I'm going to keep going on. Whereas, hey, I just bought these shoes, scuff them. Oh, man, you know. You're, you're in, then you're running in, trying to figure out how do I clean it off, uh, and then typically you end up ruining the shoe even further, at least I do. I've not mastered how to clean those. But it is, uh, you don't have that sense of urgency uh, when you don't have a skin in the game there. So, I've taken a long time to get you through an introduction and to get you caught up to where we're at tonight and where we are going to uh, move to that third stage in the cycle, and that's mature and serve. So I, I don't know how many of you remember years and years ago, uh, Sister Shostran wrote a song, More Than a Baby. We sang it for Christmas, and the whole uh, impetus behind that song was we keep worshiping the baby Jesus. Like, we celebrate the baby Jesus. And while that is great, and Jesus had to be born in order for all the other things to happen, he's more than a baby because he grew up, he went and died on Calvary, rose from the dead, made a way for us Gentiles to be brought into the flock and to receive salvation. And uh, it is, we, we can't, if that's how Jesus operated, he didn't stay a baby all his life. We can't stay a baby all of our life. If we're going to be a full cycle apostolic, we can't stay a baby. We've got, uh, we've got to mature and why do we have to mature? Because we're working towards getting to serving and ministry and investing and impacting the next generation of apostolics so that they can start their cycle. So we've learned to trust. We've discovered uh, ways that we can honor God in our daily life and how we can do it regularly. Um, you know, we have been given God's love and goodness freely. So I should feel, you know, now that I've learned to trust, I've discovered ways to honor him, I'm practicing those, uh, I should uh, feel at this time that it's time for me to start giving part of that out and being engaged and not just being a consumer but also a producer 
You know, at some point, if a little baby bird continues to just consume and doesn't start uh, getting up so that he can dry his feathers, so that he can start preparing to fly, so that he can then go out, uh, he's not going to be able uh, to survive because the mother's probably going to push him out because she's going to say, i got to make room for the next ones. I'm raising it. And that, that bird is not going to be able to get the food and it is going to be a contributing member to the animal population and society. It is uh, important that we take what we have and we give it back. We remember that old Sunday school song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Do we hide it under a bushel? That wasn't very enthusiastic. Do I hide it under a bushel? No. That was more like it. So, we, we learned that in Sunday school as little kids. I've got this light. I'm supposed to be shining it. But sometimes we stay in this learning to trust and this discovery phase and we're not really moving past and getting and maturing and serving and all of you are here on a Sunday night so this is not a uh, critique of anybody that's here uh, or anybody that may not be here they may just be out of town this is just a reminder because again we talked about it at the beginning we say here at Christian Apostolic Church, we're... See, you guys were kind of like, eh, growing apostolic legacy. I mean, it was a word. It was a phrase. We kind of forgot. No, we're, we're here. We're growing. We're alive. We're ready to do something. I've got an apostolic legacy. I have the truth. I know what the Bible says. I've experienced it. I've experienced the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. And uh, I have a legacy. I not only have uh, a fantastic church, church family, I have multiple generations back that have experienced this, creating the next generation that's going to experience this. Uh, I've got a legacy that's here. That's important. Here at Christian Apostolic Church, I want to grow an apostolic legacy. So where does it all start? If we're maturing and serving. So in learning to trust and discovering to honor, that's really about getting ourselves right. So now we're, we're transitioning and it's not between us and God, but it's between us and others that we're working towards. So family, I should serve my family uh, by shouldering responsibility and giving back to them. Ephesians 5, 22 through 25 says, Wives, submit yourselves under your own husbands as under the Lord and husbands as the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the bodies uh, husbands skip down love your wives even as Christ loved the church uh, Ephesians 6 1 through 4 this is for everybody children you've also got to obey your parents and as much as I love to tease Siobhan and Tegan, I'm not supposed to do it. I'm not supposed to provoke them to wrath. But it's fun. <laughs> and a lot of times it's funny. Uh, but it does get me in trouble. They get mad. Uh, but Ephesians set this template. They talked about spousal interactions before they talked about the relationship with the church. And so we should be emulating Christ. Studies today tell us that character or the mental and moral qualities uh, distinctive to an individual are formed as early as age seven. Now, it doesn't mean that over time uh, that your character won't change because every interaction, good, bad, or ugly, shapes your character. But Proverbs uh, 22.6 tells us uh, that we should train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. So, 
after our first ministry is our own family, our household unit. And so as we're maturing and serving, we've got to make sure that we're addressing that family unit first. Next one is the church. I've got to serve my church in ministry opportunities. Uh, we've all heard of the fivefold ministry found in Ephesians, and he gave some apostles and prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. In that same block of scripture, we jump down in verse 16. It says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. While the fivefold ministry is important and it's there, I also happen to believe in an infinite fold ministry where everyone has a place to serve, to minister, whether it's cleaning bathrooms, greeting visitors, running sound, cutting the grass, sending a card, saying a prayer. We all have a place and an effect on the growing of the body of Christ and lifting it up with love. You're all part of the infinite fold ministry. There's nowhere that you can say, oh, I wasn't called to be a pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist, missionary. Oh, I guess I can't serve. No, if it's as simple as, hey, let me go cut someone else's grass or let me help, it's raining outside, let me pull up their car. You're edifying the body. You're showing love. That's a ministry. We're all called to be that. We've got our church. Next, we've got the community. You know, so we've got to serve the community and its members. Uh, it says, do even unto the least of these. Uh, but we can't forget the order. A lot of times we want to do the community service piece. And think that that justifies all the other things. Well, I, I helped at the soup kitchen, which we need help at the soup kitchens. But I've got to remember that I have to, I have to be right. I have to have learned to trust and discovered to honor. I've got to make sure I know where my family is. I've got to know where the members of the body here at the church are. And then I can move out into the community and on to missions. You can't skip around in the order. You've got to stay there. Missions uh, is another avenue. And serving other churches, communities, uh, and countries. You know, a lot of times we don't think about, hey, I went and played music at a church or spoke at another church or helped them run an event at another church as mission work. Was it the church body? Was it, was it your immediate church body, your family? Nope, you were out serving someone else outside of this unit. You didn't know that you were a, a missionary, did you? Congratulations. You know, it's not, uh, it's not always practical to go uh, and be a missionary overseas. But there are plenty of places, I've heard pastor talk, over and over and over again to people who uh, I feel God's called me to be a missionary. I said, okay, let's get some Bible studies set up. Because if you can't win your own people, how are you going to win other people? So you've got to, that spirit that is going to help you succeed there is going to help you succeed at home. So, last section, and this is really the result of the first three stages, and that is uh, impact by investing. Uh, what are the fruits of my labor? What's my motivation? Uh, Ephesians uh, 2.8 says, For by the grace ye are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. This isn't about what I do. Talked about it earlier. I, I, I. If I'm doing these things so that I can get the glory or so that they can say, oh, David is fantastic, then you're, you're doing it for the wrong, the wrong reason. 
we've got to be uh, thinking about, am I making disciples? Or am I living in a way that could be an example to somebody that I don't even know? Uh, uh, they just see me uh, and they notice something's different about this person. And uh, maybe it opens up an opportunity for you to share something. Uh, then we move uh, into, am I actively working on or trying to win someone to the Lord? And we can say, oh, I don't, I don't know if I'm prepared to do that, or I don't know. Uh, that's really not my thing. I mean, other people can win the Lord. I'm really good at, like, showing up to church um, sometimes. Or, uh, you know, I, I like to... Um, I like to sing in my pew, or I like to sing in the choir. Ask yourself, am I an apostle? You may not think you're an apostle, but uh, apostolic means of or holding the characteristics of an apostle, and specifically the 12 apostles. If you look at the logo, we're Christian Apostolic Church, and we're growing an apostolic legacy. I guess I'm supposed to be an apostle. I guess I'm supposed to go out and try and win people to the Lord. I'm supposed to be that light. And it's difficult. It doesn't mean that it's, it's not easy or that there are just opportunities waiting. But we should be making some type of effort that we're going out and we're striving to win people to the Lord. Because again, we have something that almost nobody else in the world has knowledge of or has experienced. I know when I get a, something great, uh, you know, I've tasted really good food. Uh, maybe it's a fantastic uh, chicken pot pie because that's not something I can eat. Uh, maybe it's something like that. I, want, I will tell everybody from here to Tennessee, out to California, and all the way around the world, oh, you got to go to this one place because they've got the best chicken pot pie. They've got the best fried chicken. i got to go. I'm willing to do that for food. What about the Holy Ghost? I should be just as excited to say, hey, I've got something special. I, I go to a place where there's an environment. We felt it here tonight. We saw it tonight. The Lord was washing over young people, washing over other people. They were speaking in tongues. That doesn't happen just anywhere. And uh, we should be just as excited to share uh, that as we are anything else. So, our commission we, we've been, we're, is to move out of just discipleship and mature, and we have to become apostle material. And Jesus had specific instructions. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 said, the choir can go ahead and make their way back up. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. It's a, we're, we're working on developing a full cycle apostolic base here, where I'm, even once I get to mature and serve, there are plenty of times I got to go back and I got to learn how to trust. There are plenty of times that I've got to figure out what's a, you know I've, I've been doing these things. Can I discover a new way that I can honor the Lord, or do I need to check maybe something that I was doing in the and ah you know I I read my Bible uh, every week. Every week I, I read it. Uh, right when Brother Cawthorn gets up and starts talking. <laughs> I'm faithfully reading my Bible every week. And so it, it is important that i got to move past that and figure out what to do. Uh, so we've got to ask, you know, we handed out a self-assessment. If you didn't get one, the idea is not that you turn that in. Nobody's going to see that. The idea is that you, 
you really look at what, what things you're doing. How can I get rooted more? We know we're in the last days. As bad as it is now, it's just going to wax worse and worse and worse. And if we're not entrenched in this and we're not choosing, we're not acting on some of those things, if we're just believing and having faith, it's not going to get us through. We're privileged that we didn't have to walk in last Easter Sunday nervous that our church was going to get blown up. In Sri Lanka, they had that. They also had that the year before. That's an annual thing for them, that their churches get bombed on Easter. We don't have that. When it comes time, and something like that, God forbid, knocks on our door, am I still going to show up to church? Do I trust? Do I believe that God can stop something like that from happening? Absolutely. But I got to trust that no matter what happens, he's going to be there. He's going to see me through on the other side. I've got to ask myself, do I trust God? Am I honoring him in my daily life? Am I maturing and serving in all facets that are available to me? What impact am I having? Do I have a full view? And what will my legacy be? I want my legacy to be David was a man of God. He lived the apostolic, Pentecostal way. And I hope that I can build off of the foundation that was laid for me, the legacy that I have that was built, I can build up the next layer for the next generation to take us on. That's what we're doing. We're building. We're building and we're growing and we're moving towards uh, really diving in and, and trying to be more intentional about how we approach not just Christianity, but being an apostolic Pentecostal, because it's something that's unique. And we, we, have, uh, we have something that can, we know what the solution is. We've got to seek God. We know that we'll find him. We've got to build that trust. We've got to mature and we've got to learn to serve, and then we know that we can impact. And apologize for, for the long-windedness, but if you can just stand, we're just going to worship the Lord for a few moments before we go and we celebrate Brother Jonah and Sister Brooklyn. But really, if you have the self-assessment, try to look at it critically. See, where can I improve? I, I know I've found numerous places where... You know, I thought I was really doing that, but I could do better. And, and that's where, uh, when we really start to seek after him, we can move and we can find more. And then we become, and we start to emulate that full cycle uh, of becoming uh, an apostolic.